but the title of the message today is Pleasing the Father, all right? And so I want to start with those, verse 9 and go through 13. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan and he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. Wow. So here we are in verses 9 through 13, and Jesus' ministry, his public ministry, is beginning, okay? Last week we saw him come uh, to the Jordan, come to the river of Jordan, okay? He's there with John the Baptist, okay, who is his cousin, okay? And they met in, uh, they, met, they met before this in the womb because uh, Mary came and saw her, her, her cousin and, uh, uh, and, and, and they leaped or whatever. It's in another book, okay? Um, uh, it's not Mark, okay? But we know last week or two weeks ago, so John is preparing the way for Jesus to come. And so here in 9 through 13, we see Jesus coming to the Jordan, all right, and he's being baptized, and he comes out of the water, and his public ministry begins, and immediately he's driven into the desert to have a little battle with the enemy. And so, Verse 9 through 11, we're just going to break this down real quick. We're just going to talk for just a couple minutes about the passage, and then I'm going to do some application stuff here. So verses 9 through 11 is what I'm going to call in the water part of the lesson, all right? So it says, in those days Jesus came from Nazareth. I'm reading it again. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago I'll read it again because I want you to, uh, to remember it, right? Okay, so repetition means remembrance, right? Amen? All right. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. So in these first couple verses here, much of Jesus' ministry, much of the Son's ministry is exampling what we should do and it's exhibiting what we could not do, all right? So Jesus is baptized here, which is uh, an understanding for us, what? That we should also be baptized, right? Jesus is modeling that for us, okay? But Jesus is being baptized, and it says that the, the dove descended upon them uh, and, and that the, the Holy Spirit actually descended on him. And, and so what we see happening here, what's interesting about this, is that the people were coming out to be baptized by John, and then Jesus comes on the scene, and the people who were coming out to be baptized, they were being baptized 
to wash away the filth of their sin, okay? In other words, the baptism was, was, was them going through uh, a, a ritual or an understanding of the washing away of sins. And so they would go down into the water, and then they would come up, and they would come up, and they would be spiritually clean, right? All right? What's interesting here is that Jesus is being baptized not to wash away sin, all right? Jesus is being baptized to cover himself, or he is being covered with their sin. Isn't that interesting? You think about that for a second, okay? Jesus didn't get baptized to wash away his sin. Jesus is who? The Son of God, right? All right, so Jesus didn't need to be baptized, did he? No, okay? So what we see happening here, and this is the first thing that I want us to understand, is this is the first opportunity that we see in scripture where Jesus is beginning to take on the weight. He's beginning to take on the sin of the world. And so when he goes down into the water, he's not being washed of the sin. Metaphorically speaking, spiritually speaking, what he is doing is he is giving us an understanding that he is getting ready to take on the sin of the world. And at Jesus' baptism, we see the Father's affirmation. We see the Father affirming his Son. We see the Son being obedient to the Father. And we see the power of the Holy Spirit coming down on Christ. And so as we study through this today, the first thing that we have to understand is what takes place in the water. At this point, when Jesus is being baptized, Jesus, his ministry is beginning. He is stepping forward. He is taking the role that he has, all right? He is the son of God, right? We believe that, right? All right? He is taking in full force, he is taking in full form, what God has sent him to do and to be, and that is to take the sin of the world, to become, to become, let me say this again, to become the sacrifice for our sin. And so here in the water on this day, Jesus goes in and he comes out. And as he comes out, the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And the Father says, in him, I am well pleased. Isn't that cool? Isn't that awesome? You can say amen to that. You, you're not saying amen to awesome, okay? All right? I mean... Uh, I, I'm not, I don't speak in high theology. You know, I just like, I just call it like it is. God's awesome, man. Jesus is awesome. I mean, I mean, I mean, he is taking on the sin of the world here. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And then what happens next? So in the next section of this passage today, verses 12 and 13, it says, the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. I would be thinking, listen, you just said that I am, I'm awesome, and now you're driving me out in the spirit into the wilderness. What's up here? You know? 
I'm just inter- I'm just throwing my own little, you know, whatever in there because, you know, I'm like spirit immediately. First the spirit descends on him and says, you, you know, you're awesome. And the father says, in my son, I am well pleased. Go out in the desert. <laughs> you know? And so he was in the wilderness, it says, for 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now, what do we learn from these passages of Scripture, okay? First of all, what we see happening here is Jesus wages war on Satan's home turf with our souls on the line. That's what's happening here. Jesus, you know what? Jesus gets driven out into the desert, and what this turns into is Jesus saying, all right, it's on, all right? You see, you had, you had control of this, this dirt, but now I'm on the scene, all right? I, I mean, can you imagine Jesus kind of talking like this a little bit? Because I, I mean, I don't see Jesus, I don't see Jesus being like all like, you know, you know, dude, no, 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 just, you know, I'm Jesus, and I got some like, Think, no, he's like, listen, Satan, man. This is on. All right? I'm on your turf now, and it's my turf. And we're taking over. All right? And so Satan is in the wilderness with Jesus. Jesus is out there for 40 days, okay? And it says, it says that, that he is with the animals and the angels were ministering. Jesus is waging war on Satan's home turf with our souls in on the line. Satan, and then Satan comes back and he uses temptation and he uses opposition in attempt to hinder God's work in our lives. Every chance that the enemy has He's going to attempt to cause opposition, to tempt us, to pull us off the path. What does he do with Jesus? He takes Jesus out, and he shows him all kinds of stuff. He does all kinds. First, he tempts him. He says, hey, we're out in the desert, man. You look very hungry. You know? Why don't you just turn that rock into bread? How about you, you know, how about you take that stone over there and turn it into a whopper? You know? And Jesus says, no, man doesn't live on bread alone. Satan takes him out. Now, I'm, I'm ad-libbing a lot of other stuff. This is not actually in here. But Satan, Satan takes him out, and he says, see all this? You can, have, you can have everything here. Just bow down to me. How often does Satan in our lives try to tempt us with things to cause us to take our focus off of Christ. Just about every second of every day, doesn't he? Yeah. And so Jesus is out in the desert with Satan. And Satan is tempting. He's using opposition. He's attempting to hinder God's work in our lives. And the biggest thing that I want you to grab out of this section today, this portion right here, is I want you to notice the very last part of verse 13. It says, and he was with the animals, mm, that's okay, and the angels were ministering to him. 
You see, as I was looking at this passage, I'm trying to figure out what is, it the, what is the one thing that you and I need to grab out of this passage here? What is the one thing that we need that is going to help us in the battle is going to help us to be the disciples that Jesus has called us to be. He's going to help us to live the life that he has called us to live. And the most important thing that I pulled out of this last little section here is that in the midst of conflict, in the midst of demonic conflict, you and I need never forget that we have support. And it not only tells us that we have support, but we have angelic support. This passage of Scripture reminds us that when we are in the midst of the greatest struggles of our life, when we are in the midst of the biggest challenges in our life, when the enemy is oppressing on us every side, when the enemy is coming down on us in every situation, we can trust and understand that our Heavenly Father is with us. And he gives us the strength and the support that we need to make it through. You see, I don't know about you, but for me, I sometimes feel, now I'm just telling you how I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm all alone. Anybody here feel like that sometimes? Yeah? Sometimes I feel like the battles that I'm in, the struggles that I go through, the, the, the things that I worry about, the oppositions that face me, sometimes I feel like I'm all by myself going through this. And what I want you to know today, and what I know, is that that is a lie that has been hatched from the pit of hell. Did you hear me? That is a lie that the enemy wants us to believe. It's a lie that the enemy is trying to convince us of that is saying to you and I that everything that we struggle with, everything we go through, it's up to us. It's up to us to get through it because there's nobody there for us. And what I want you to know today is how untrue that is. Our Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, is with us. Jesus, as he was in the devil, in the, in, in the devil, as Jesus was in the desert, the angels were with him. And what I want you to know today is that no matter what you face, no matter what struggle you have, no matter what issue you go through, you have Christ in your corner. You have angelic support for you. Now, I've had conversations with people about whether we believe in, like, you know, guardian angels and things like that, you know, because, you know, we see all the movies, we see all the propaganda and Hollywood media, you know, about guardian angels and Clarabelle and Tinkerbell, and, uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't know all about that kind of stuff, you know, I don't know, you know, if, uh, you know, if every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings or anything like that, you know. 
Uh, you know, and, I, and I, don't, I don't necessarily believe that we become angels whenever we go to heaven, okay? I'm not waiting to get my wings or anything like that. I mean, I'm thinking I don't need wings. I'm going to do a Superman kind of thing, man. I'm getting a cape or something, you know. I don't know about, but what I do know is this, and we see this. What I know is that there is nothing that we face in life alone we can trust that the father is always there with us amen amen okay so let's go to the last part of the passage that i want to break up break down here so 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 we got in the water all right and then we've got in the wilderness okay and so now i want to talk just for a second or two about in the work, okay? So Jesus made his father proud by what he did and by what he didn't do, okay? The scripture says he was well pleased. Jesus, you see, what, what we see here is Jesus' obedience through baptism showed his power for salvation through the chaotic world, all right? You see, Jesus being baptized, he goes back to understanding. He wasn't being baptized. He wasn't being baptized uh, to have sins forgiven. He was taking on the weight of the world. What I want to clarify to you guys today is, is why do we get baptized? We're going to be having a baptismal service here in a few weeks. Why do we get baptism? There's some confusion on that. And I'm going to tell you what I think, okay? And I don't know what your background is, but if you disagree with me, that's okay. We're allowed to disagree and still love one another, okay? Okay. Um, we get baptized not because baptism is a part of our salvation process, okay? In other words, Jesus, when he died on the cross, when he gave his life, and then three days later walked out of the tomb alive, we saw through that the gospel declaration of who he is. He is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God, amen? And he gave his life and defeated death, okay, so that you and I could receive salvation. And so what we see in Scripture, and it says in the Word, it says no one comes to the Father except through who? Jesus, okay? So Baptism is not the salvation process. The salvation process takes place when you repent, believe, and follow Jesus Christ. Baptism is a part of the following aspect of it. And what baptism is, is baptism is like you going out here. I just, I'll use an illustration. It's like you going out and buying a billboard and, and putting it up to say, tell everybody I'm a, I'm a follower of Jesus, okay? Now, baptism, what happens is through baptism, we go public. We let the world know. We let those who are most important in our lives, we let those who are around us know that Jesus Christ is at the center of our lives. And so there's no power in the water itself, but there's great power in the obedience. Now, let me just clarify this. Baptism is not optional. Okay. Now I grew up in the Church of God, and and and, and we didn't really we didn't really say it was optional, 
But we didn't put a great deal of emphasis on it all the time, or at least it didn't seem like it did while I was a kid growing up, okay? Now, my grandfather put a lot of emphasis. My grandfather came out of Freewood Baptist Church, and that's where I was saved and baptized. Baptism was so important to him that it was like in the middle of dead of winter, and I got saved. I was seven years old, and I've told you this story before. He went out and cracked the crick and threw me in. (laughs) There's a little bit more to it than that. That's just like the condensed version, Okay? But you see, what what baptism is about is it is to show what Jesus has done for us and it is also to demonstrate our obedience 